And hello and welcome. Good to have you along for the show. The main part of the show is you. John Pincus is the man. Employment lawyer, San Fierro to Market LLP. That's where he hails from. And you can always reach out to John after the show and uh, have that conversation in a more private manner. How do you do that? The phone number, one 821 5900 I'll give that out uh, throughout the, uh, the half hour. No worries, help at employmentlawyer.ca and simply employmentlawyer.ca, the website if you want to go there uh, anytime. And uh, let's solve uh, let's solve some problems over the next half hour. We will get into everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal, what it means, breaking it down, all that. But first, we got a couple issues uh, you got laid out, John, for the uh, the week that was our cases of the day, pal. What do you got going on? I do, I do, and it's good to be here. Good to be speaking about employment law because every time I do this show, I'm just reminded about how many misconceptions there are still out there, and how much we can clear it up for the public and have people call in and talk about their own issues. That that's what it's all about. So please uh, don't be shy. But I do want to start with a few uh, issues that came across my desk recently that I think are, are worth discussing. The first one relates to an individual who lost their job after working for a company for a very large enterprise uh, level uh, business uh, for 20 years as a marketing professional. The termination was without cause. The company freely admitted that they didn't have a good reason to let them go, or at least not enough of a reason that it would be cause. Um, and then he got a severance package. Well, his severance package was, get ready for this, four weeks pay. That was a severance package. And then they offered him an extra eight weeks if he signed a release. Now, he said, how, how is this possible? This, isn't, this doesn't represent my full entitlements. This doesn't even represent my minimum entitlements. So he asked the company, how is it possible that after 20 years, I'm being offered a severance package of 12 weeks, less than three months pay? And the company said, well, you haven't been employed with us for 20 years. You've been employed with us for four years. Don't you remember? Before that, you were an independent consultant. Now, in fact, the truth is this person was employed as a quote-unquote independent consultant for the first 16 years that he worked for the company. He'd been, but he'd been employed or, or contracted, I suppose I should say, exclusively for them. You know, he was subject to performance reviews. He had a direct reporting relationship with the regional vice president. He was at all the company meetings with all the other staff. He was essentially doing the same job that he was doing at the time he got let go. So that's the time, you know, that he came to me after he was let go and he said, John, is, is this right? Can they really ignore the first 16 years of my work mm -hmm. just because they labeled me as an independent contractor, had me sign this contract and paid me through a corporation? Is that enough? And the answer is no, they can't. Now, for a couple of reasons. Now, first, the idea that this person was an independent contractor for the first 16 years he worked for the company was just a complete fallacy. The law doesn't care so much about what you're labeled, how you're paid, or even the contract you've signed. What the law really cares the most about is the answer to one question. Who are you in business for? Right? Are you in business for yourself or are you in business for them? And here he was clearly indistinguishable from other employees except for the fact the way he was paid and the contract he had signed. Now, the other reason why we can't ignore the first 16 years is that even if he was truly a contractor, when we're talking about his full entitlements, the law holds that his tenure still has to be considered for his full severance entitlements, especially when there's this level of dependence for so long. Right. So this is someone who is owed as much as 21 months pay over seven times what he's been <laughs> offered and given the circumstances you know I anticipate this is going to be a relatively straightforward matter to resolve so a couple lessons for employees here number one you know just because your employer calls you an independent contractor 
does not make it so. So if your employer says you're not entitled to severance because you signed an independent contractor agreement, but you worked exclusively for the company and you were really under their control during that time, you should speak with an employment lawyer right away. The other thing is when you're speaking with an employment lawyer about your severance package, think about the whole story of your history of employment. Did you work for a company that was acquired uh, previously? Did you work as an independent contractor before? Maybe you worked previously for the company uh, and then you quit and you came back to work for them. All of these things are things that we need to know as an employment lawyers in order to make an accurate assessment of your entitlements. It all comes into the picture. What's the second thing you got going on, pal? So the second situation uh, involved an individual who signed an employment contract two years ago after working for this company for 10 years, and then they were let go. And the company says, well, pursuant to that employment contract you signed two years ago, we owe you 18 weeks pay, right? So just north of four months pay. And that's it. But if you sign a release, we'll give you another two weeks. Now, this, this person was kicking themselves. They said, you know, I, I should have listened to what my spouse told me. You know, they, they, they always said I shouldn't have signed that employment agreement. I should have spoken with an employment lawyer. And ideally, you would speak with an employment lawyer when that happens. But as is often the case, all is not lost. I reviewed the employment agreement, and that termination provision that the employer was relying, was relying upon is not enforceable, does not limit their entitlements to 18 weeks. And this individual is actually going to be owed as much as 12 months pay. So again, important lessons here. You know, it was a mistake that this person did not have the employment agreement reviewed by an employment lawyer before signing. It's something you should always do, especially if it's given to you midway through employment. But at least they didn't repeat the mistake when they yeah. got their severance package, and they very wisely had that reviewed by myself before they signed off. And thank goodness for that, because this is a situation we're going to be able to help. And you know, ideally, you don't sign that contract with the termination language, you know, eviscerating your entitlements. But if you've already done so, you still got to speak with an employment lawyer, because honestly, ninety percent of the termination clauses that we see are unenforceable. So it's still, uh, you know, we can potentially and very likely still go after your full severance entitlements all right good stuff good opening uh, good opening there pal we'll take a short break and into our topic which is everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal so that's coming up here in a moment we'll continue tuesday night edition employment law show stand by yeah welcome back lots of time you're hungry we're hungry just getting our first uh, call lined up in the meantime let's get into our topic uh john it would be everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal uh first one obvious what is a wrongful dismissal pal Right. So, you know, a lot of people misunderstand what this means, right? A lot of people understandably hear the words wrongful dismissal. You were wrong to dismiss me. You shouldn't have let me go. Well, that's not actually what it means, right? Uh, you know, if if, so, if an employer lets you go for a reason they shouldn't be, that can be a human rights violation. It can be a violation of the Employment Standards Act, right? If they let you go because they've discriminated against you or because you've made a complaint about vacation pay. Um, but when we're talking about a wrongful dismissal, we're just talking about a severance package that's not good enough, right? A severance package that is just not sufficient. So it doesn't mean that your employer doesn't have a reason to fire you. Um, they can because they can fire you uh, for almost any reason, you know, unless it's a discriminatory or a reprisal. Uh, but they have the right to let you go, right? Unless you are uh, unionized. Uh, you know, there's some federal regimes where even non-unionized employees have a right to, to seek their job back. But for the most part, employees only have that right to severance. So they have to pay you based on all components of your compensation. So we're looking at not just the length 
of the severance package they give you. It's not just a question of is it four months, six months, eight months, ten months, but also what are they including in that? Are they including your bonus, your commissions? And if they don't include those things, that too can be a wrongful dismissal. But we're always talking about quantum. We're always talking about the, quant the how large that severance package should be compared to what it is. Ian, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Not bad yourself, guys. Good, brother. What's uh, what's your problem? What's going on? What's wrong with you? Uh, what's wrong with me? Well, it's more what's wrong with the company. I got a an issue uh. where I signed I signed a contract with a company uh, two years ago, and uh, it was the contract was till the end of April with possible further employment. Uh, I was terminated uh, last year due to the fact that uh, a couple of guys made uh, accusations. I was the foreman on the on the uh, for the company and made accusations that. Uh, I caused problems uh, in the workforce. Meanwhile, uh, it was never investigated properly, and it became all false allegations. And the reason why I know this is because uh, the companies upped the ante. This went to the, the labor board, and they upped the ante to uh, uh, almost eleven thousand dollars. But they wanted to, want me to sign a non-disclosure. I don't want to. I don't want to sign this because I'm old. I'm owed a lot more than this, and I and I, and I understand that if I open my mouth to anybody, they can come after me again for signing this non-disclosure. Right. So you you've you've got an ongoing case that the, you you made a claim at the uh, Ministry of Labor, Ian. Correct. For severance. Okay. Yes. Okay, and you're now in and and you're now at the point where you're you're talking about a settlement. Um. Well. You've really got, I mean, two two options, right? I mean, I can tell you that a non-disclosure clause is going to be pretty standard for any settlement agreement. An employer doesn't want everyone else who they've let go to know that they've made a payout. So that's pretty typical. If you don't want to sign it, then your alternative is going to be to go through with the hearing, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, take the risk that it's uh, uh, potentially not going to go your way. Um, you know, ideally, when it comes to severance, uh, you want to do these things with a lawyer. And I probably would have said, again, I'd, I'd have to look at the circumstances, but typically we would want to go through civil court, not through the Ministry of Labor. But if you're already that close to a hearing, it's it's probably too late to switch that. But in terms of the uh, non-disclosure you're being asked to sign, you should know that it is very common. Uh, but you can't be forced to sign it. If you really want uh, to have your case publicly heard, then you have a right to do that. But you know, you you've got to accept all the risks that that go with uh, having your uh, you know having all these allegations out there uh, at the labor board when that hearing comes through. Uh, I, do, I, do I have an option to bring it to civil? Because I understand if I do lose, I, if I do lose my case at the labor board and I want to appeal it, it goes to a judge in the upper in the superior court. No. Is that right? That's right. That's called a judicial review, um, and you can have it reviewed, but you can't. Um, so the, the the Ministry of Labor, and this is actually a very important point, the Ministry of Labor is limited in what they can award, right? So if you're going for your full severance entitlements uh, or you're going for an entitlement under a contract, uh, the, the Ministry of Labor is going to be limited, right? They, they only have the jurisdiction that the Employment Standards Act gives them. And if you start a complaint and you're, you know, you're in the investigation phase and there hasn't been an award made and, you know, there hasn't been any appeals of that award, then usually at that point you can, you can switch out of it. Um, 
there is a, a time limit that applies. I, I don't recall it offhand, but there is um, an option to say, I'm going to withdraw this and go the civil route. And sometimes, in fact, even if you surpass that timeline, if it's relatively early in the process, the ministry will let you withdraw it and you can, you can proceed civilly. But um, if you're that far into the process, then you've basically made your election and you're stuck there. So you have all the rights at the ministry, including the right to go through to a hearing. And if you, you know, if you don't like that decision, you can speak to a lawyer about the potential success of a judicial review. Um, but you're kind of stuck there, right? If you're if you're that far into the process, if you're at the labor board, I'm assuming that there's this is involving an appeal of a decision that a um, an inspector already made. They hasn't even gone to a, to a hearing yet. They're just offering. They kept upping the ante like first they started off with two thousand to keep my mouth shut then six thousand now it's uh almost eleven thousand dollars right okay and well maybe give us a call and and uh we can look into some details about how far into the process you're in um and if there really hasn't been any uh order issued and it really is that early in the process then uh maybe we can move you to um, you know, to a civil proceeding where you can seek your full entitlements. But you should know that at any point, if you're going to resolve this case, non-disclosure is always going to be there. That's always going to be a part of settlement. It's just the way things go, right? An employer uh, doesn't want this aired publicly, and that's part of their motivation to settle. Is there any way you can help me out with this, sir? Yeah, give us a call, and let's take a look and see what we can do for you. Definitely give us a call off air. Okay, I left my name and number there uh, just before uh, coming out the air. I appreciate you got it. it. Thank you. Yeah, no, we, uh, we got it, Ian. Good to have you. Good to have you on, pal. And that number, uh, once again, as you uh, as you go away, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the uh, way to reach out to John after the show and carry on emails help at employmentlawyer.ca. We were talking about everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal. We know what it is. It's basically your severance is incorrect. Let's get that bumped up by talking to you. Number two, how do I know when I've been wrongfully dismissed though, John? Well, there really is only one way to know. The only way to know if you've truly been wrongfully dismissed is to speak to an employment lawyer. Right. A good place to start is the severance pay, uh, severance pay calculator, the pocket employment lawyer. Those are free uh, online tools. Give you a sense of sort of where you fall along the lines of a, a good severance package versus a poor severance package. But if you really want to know, is the severance package adequate? Um, you've got to speak to an employment lawyer so we can go through things uh, in detail. Right. You don't want to go to uh, a friend. You don't want to go to the Ministry of Labor and you certainly don't want to try and uh, Google your entitlement. You know, severance pay calculator is a great place to start, but ultimately the place you want to end is speaking to an employment lawyer. How common is it? Have you found in your practice? Oh, it's very, very common uh, to see wrongful dismissals, especially in this current environment where we have a lot of layoffs, a lot of people being let go at the same time. Uh, companies are going to hope that uh, some people are going to expect crummy severance packages. And the reality is a lot of people do. A lot of people do accept poor severance packages, and as long as people accept, you know, very inadequate severance packages, uh, employers are always going to be motivated um, to uh, to lowball you, right? Uh, and yeah. to see, um, are you going to retain a lawyer, um, or um, are you simply going to make a lot of noise and then eventually sign off, right? And the only way uh, to show that, you know, that employer that you're really serious about getting your full entitlement is to have a lawyer. Uh, advocate for you, but very, very common. You know, most severance packages that I see, nearly all of them are are below and, for the most part, well below uh, the full entitlement. 
You know, you mentioned about a lawyer advocating for you, always a good plan. So how difficult is it to resolve these matters generally? What do you think? Well, it, it, to a certain degree, it varies, right? I mean, if, if, if it's a really, really complicated just cause uh, case or a, a case where there's uh, complex tax arrangements for an independent contractor, you know, sometimes that can be a, a little bit longer, uh, but almost invariably they do resolve. And if we're talking about a wrongful dismissal in the sense of someone who just has not been paid a proper severance package, those are generally very straightforward to resolve. If you have an employment lawyer, uh, you know, it can seem daunting, but often they resolve early, uh, and it does not have to be a daunting task. So um, you certainly shouldn't be discouraged by that if you're looking at your severance package. Again, you got time to call us here live on air and uh, and ask your questions too. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is how you do that. So now, uh, you know, the scenario where you've been let go, you've been hearing the show, you think possibly you've been wrongfully dismissed. What are the steps? What do you do? Well, go to Severance Pay Calculator, go to Pocket Employment Lawyer, um, and uh, send uh, an employment lawyer an email. Give us a call. We'll walk you through your situation. Chances are it's going to be very straightforward to resolve, right? And maybe there's other issues that we need to talk about, outstanding wages, outstanding bonuses, a human rights issue. We can cover all of that. But make sure that you do it quickly uh, and make sure that you do it uh, the right way from the start, right? You want to start with an employment lawyer at the start, right? And and the situation that Ian finds himself in is a good example of that, right? Hopefully, we're going to be able to help him get out of the Ministry of Labor process into the right forum to seek his full entitlements. But in some cases, you know, if you start there at the Ministry of Labor, it can be too late to change it, right? And so the first stop uh, has to be with an employment lawyer. And it's uh, easy to do so. As we mentioned, just uh, give John a call, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 5900 is how you do that. And he mentioned pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's free and absolutely uh, absolutely free. It's got all the information on there and access to that severance calculator as well. And uh, you want to check that out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Okay, the other term we often hear after wrongful dismissal is constructive dismissal. A lot of confusion between the two. Break it down. Change your compensation or your salary? Is that basically what we're talking about? What is a constructive dismissal, Paul? So a constructive dismissal is when an employer changes something without your consent, right? So they haven't gotten your agreement to change it. And not only have they changed something in your employment, but it's not something small. You know, it's not something like, oh, you know, we've, we've changed your, your benefits plan from a premium plan to a, a regular plan. Or, you know, we're, we're moving five minutes down the street. No, it's something major, right? So it's something, you know, we are decreasing your salary by 15%. We are moving the company uh, two hours away. Uh, we're putting you on a layoff. Right, uh, we're demoting you. That's a big one, right? A demotion is a, a huge red flag for a constructive dismissal, and, and many of the cases that I handle involve uh, demotions. Uh, so, those are things that, if you don't agree to them, the law says, well, they've basically ended your job, right? So, we're going to legally construct a dismissal. What we're going to say, even though the employer's not saying it's a dismissal, we're right. going to call it a dismissal, and you're entitled to the same thing that you would have been entitled to if the employer let you go outright. So your work environment has, say, become poisoned, and the employer won't do anything about it. Does that qualify as well? 
it can. But I always say this is one of the most difficult kind of constructive dismissal uh, cases to prove. It's reserved for the most extreme cases. And I can see a lot of people uh, who come to me uh, with uh, concerns about a poison work environment. I'd love to say, you know what? You want out? Let's get you out and let's get you paid a, a severance package. But it's usually not that simple, right? Not the same as it can be with, you know, other things like demotions, reductions in pay or, or even, uh, you know, significant changes in location. A poison work environment, you really have to show that you've gone through the process and that the environment is so extreme that you, you shouldn't be expected to deal with it. And that's not an assessment you can make. It's an assessment that an employment lawyer can make with you, and you really have to think carefully about the decision to leave. So this is more important than ever, if if that's your concern, to speak with an employment lawyer. That's probably going to be a long discussion. We're going to have to go through the entire history of what's happened. And uh, the best thing is typically we don't go right to a constructive dismissal. Typically what we're going to do is we're going to come up with an action plan to help hopefully solve the issue in the workplace. And only if that doesn't work and we show that you've exhausted all that do we say, all right, you know what, if you need to leave, then we need to think about a constructive dismissal claim. Let's grab an email before we wrap up. This one from Charlene says, guys, love the show. Can my employer refuse to pay my bonus because I made a ministry complaint for vacation pay? Wow. No, that's that's a very serious issue. So if your employer makes any reprisal against you for making a complaint under the Employment Standards Act, which, again, you don't want to use for severance typically, right? That's where you want to go to an employment lawyer. But if you've got an issue with vacation, holiday pay, overtime, Ministry of Labor is a pretty good place to go for that, especially if you know your employment is ongoing. But um, if you have done that, and even if it's not going well, and it you know it turns out that uh, your uh, your complaint is found to be not founded, but your employer reprises against you for asserting your right, that is a huge issue. The Ministry of Labor takes that very very seriously, uh, and there's uh, significant penalties for employers who do that. Got about a minute, so we'll get this one in quick. Simon, thank you. Says, guys, my employer replaced me with someone cheaper after they let me go. Is that legal? That is legal. You know, that takes us back to earlier in the show, John. We were talking yep. about what is a wrongful dismissal. Is a wrongful dismissal mean that they were wrong to let me go? No, that's not what a wrongful dismissal means. And in fact, simply replacing you with someone cheaper is completely legal. The question is, have they paid you a proper severance package? Right. So you can get back on your feet earning something comparable to what you were earning before. That's what we got to look at. And with that, we are pretty much ready to wrap her up. As mentioned one more time, you want to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use the benefits of the construction of that website to educate yourself on most facets of what we talk about here in the show. And you'll have free and anonymous access to the severance calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Now to reach out to John, too. You always want to make that phone call, sidestep everything else. No problem. 1-855-821-5900. Use that. And uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email. We'll let you go with little Gordy, late Gord, right here in the Employment Law Show. We're back in here tomorrow at 6.30. Join us then.